Hi, everyone, and welcome to Bad on Paper podcast. I'm Olivia Mentor. And I'm Becca Freeman. And today we're going to do a Q&A. And Becca, do you know what today is? February 9th? Do you know what February 9th last year was? Probably not. No. But this was the day that you guys announced me as the new host. Oh! (laughs) Not that I expected you should know that date, but... I was writing in my five-year journal, as one does, and I saw last year's date, and I was like, oh, well, there you go. Oh, my God. full year. Yeah. I'm excited. I thought you were going to tell me something bad. (laughs) Today? That that had very, I don't know, that had very, like, do you really want to know what happened to April 29th energy? And I was like, I don't, do I? (laughs) I think it is time to talk about the time I cheated on Calvin Harris, actually. (laughs) Today we're doing a Q&A episode, and we got a lot of questions, a lot of variety. These are fun. We got some interesting questions. We got some clear-the-air questions. We, I'm excited. I, I like getting questions because it's kind of like being a guest on another podcast where somebody else asks the questions instead of us having to ask them. Exactly. It's very fun. I thought about cracking wine, but... That's really weird because I did too. Should we? I only have one bottle and it's like kind of nice. You're worth it. I guess I could. Let's do it. I could do champagne. Oh. Okay, fine. Okay. BRB. Okay. Please hold. (laughs) All right. I'm back. Hello. Hello. My wine glass has a, I don't know if you can see it, has a lobster on it because this is Maine. We're celebrating. Okay. All right. I have wine. Great. We have wine. Great. Let's get into this. Let's do it. But first, some highs and lows, of course. Always. What is your high? My high is I have no complaints right now. I'm in Maine. My only responsibilities are to hang out with a cute dog who is sometimes a pain in the ass let's not underestimate that and to write my book and like that's a pretty good life on paper I mean you like what a dream thriving (laughs) on paper but in reality is it a dream too I mean it has its downsides I mean I'm like struggling a little motivation wise and I'm a little I'll tell you about my low when we get to them but you know overall I'm feeling very Feeling very like Taylor Swift folklore, Evermore era cabin in the woods. Oh yes, I mean it's it's pretty picturesque from what I've seen on Instagram and now on Zoom. Mm-hmm. It is. It's beautiful. Tell me your high. My high is that we have been rewatching Boy Meets World from the beginning. As I've mentioned, I'm a huge Pod Meets World fan, which is a rewatch podcast. But I haven't actually gone back and watched the episodes. So we're on season two and it's just like, it's so nostalgic and funny and light. I tend to watch a lot of very heavy things. (laughs) So um, I don't know. It's just really cozy. I'm enjoying it a lot. So wait, did you watch this when it was on the air originally? Yes. So when it started to replay, I think on ABC Family, I I didn't watch it originally, like when it was airing on... um, whatever they had like on Friday nights on the, like, what is it, ABC or whatever I'm sorry, it was. are you matter. talking about TGIF? That, yes. <laughs> but the early 2000s when like the older seasons especially would play on ABC Family or Disney, I would watch them and I loved them. So, and like I, as I said, I love the podcast. I think it's so smart and I've learned a lot actually. Adam Scott was on that podcast recently because I don't know if you know this, he was a guest star on Boy Meets World. Who did he play? What? He played like one of the sort of high school bullies. Oh, but yeah, he went on the podcast and it was so interesting to hear about how he started. And yeah, it was just, it was really cool. Um, You mentioned that you're learning a lot. Can you give me an example of one thing you have learned? That Adam Scott was on Boy Meets World. Oh, okay. Okay. No, but. Oh, well, one thing I've learned is that... I thought you meant maybe like life lessons or like about yourself as a person. Well, I mean... The meaning of love. (laughs) 
haven't gotten to the meaning of, of love and life yet, but they do talk a lot about being a child actor and about mm. adolescence as it's experienced through like this very strange time. And yeah. Oh yeah. I'm sure. I, that, I don't know if that's taught me anything, but it's fascinating. I'm sure that w- would have been wild being in that situation at that age. Oh yeah. I, it sounds like a trip, but uh, tell me about your low. Well, I mean, I don't have a ton to complain about. I'm overall feeling very happy and pleased. However, I will admit I am a little bored and a little tired. Tired because the dog wakes up at 6.30 every morning, which I'm not permanently in this situation. I, I could adjust my schedule to it, but I'm not making a huge effort to. And bored, I'm here alone. There's nowhere to really go for a walk unless you get in the car and go on a hike. Like, there's no sidewalks. And there's not, like, Uber, so it's not like I can go into – I mean, the closest restaurant is, like, 20 minutes away. But, like, you know, I can't, like, take myself out for dinner and have a drink. Right. So I'm kind of just, like, here and I'm a little bored. So if there was any question about whether I'm going to, like, pack up and move to a rural area – There was actually this question. Well, the answer is no. Someone did ask. The answer is no. I have no plans to move to Maine. I'm enjoying myself, but like this isn't for me long term. Fair enough. And do you think the dog has has pretty much put you off of having your own puppy anytime soon? Hundred percent. Hundred. It's a lot of work. It is so much work. I do not know how anyone does it, especially one on one. Like if you have a partner and you're doing it two on one, maybe. But oh my god. Yeah, it's a lot. I do not blame you. But for short periods of time, fun. Yeah, absolutely. She's so cute. I mean, she's either she has like two modes. She's either the cutest or the worst. And it's nowhere in between. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much the puppy experience. Yeah. Um, what's your low? My low is that I got a little too big for my britches. And I have been getting dip manicures for the past, I would say, two to three months. There, it's a lot more like. Have you ever gotten dip before? No, I've never done it. Okay, so it's it's a lot more um, kind of what is the word I'm searching for? Not hard, but like, what's the word for like it can like take a lot of abuse? <laughs> Resilient, like sturdy, sturdy, Stur- sturdy. I don't know, sure. something like that. Yeah. So they weren't breaking as much, and I wasn't peeling it because it's impossible to peel it. Um, or I thought so. But anyway, my nails got super long and I was like, you know, tapping things all the time and like typing and like, I was like, oh, it's suddenly so hard to take out my contacts. Poor me. Um, talking with my hands more often. And then one of them broke the other day and it was all over. It was all over in a way that my nails now look like I was buried alive and I had to crawl out. <laughs> from under the earth it is so bad and it's not like gel where if you try hard enough you can get all of it off it is like industrial strength i need to see i need to see your hands it's they're little nubbins it's so bad oh so you didn't get it all off you just kind of like i can't i can't it's like if you get if you get dip you'll understand but it's it's so much more difficult to get off so much more I will confess in commiseration that before I came to Maine, I had a gel manicure scheduled and I left it a little too long. So my nails were really grown out and they were like, one of them had kind of chipped. And one night I was really stressed and I peeled the whole thing off. And it's the bad thing is that it's so fucking satisfying, especially if you can get it all off in one piece and you just like peel it off. And I- wrecked my nails doing it like I definitely took off the top layer of of nail but in the moment I was like I have never done anything in my life so satisfying it's true and it's just like the the immediate regret I have afterwards I mean now I'm gonna have to go pay money for someone to get the rest of this off and I'm gonna have to be like I'm sorry um because you know to remove this they you use a drill and then you use acetone Oh, I hate And the I'm drill. over here drill, trying to whittle this away with my teeth. So the, it's not good. the drill I feel like is so damaging to your nails. Well, when I when I got the dip removed before and then my nails were nice and long and they just did them, I was like, oh wow, this is life. But now, I mean, 
Who knows? Should you just chop all your fingers off and be done with them? I think so. Okay. I think that's the only option. And I did this to myself. So you know what? I saw a TikTok Fine. that said that biting your fingers off requires the same amount of pressure as biting into a carrot. And the only reason you don't do it is because of like it's it's mental, but you can. It would be easy. So I'm just letting you know that in case you want to try. That You're the only thing that holding will, yourself back. That will stick with me in a way that I... I didn't know. I, I, wow. Okay. Um, it's you're, good to you're know. Welcome. It's good to know. <laughs> now let's take an ad break. Can I tell you something? Yes. So I've been in Maine for over a week, and one of the home comforts that I miss the most is my pros custom shampoo and conditioner. I have been using whatever's in the shower here, and my hair just does not look as good. I've been using Pro's custom shampoo and conditioner for about three years now, and I think I've begun to take for granted the difference that I see. And it turns out the secret is not my natural hair. The secret is the Pro's. So this trip has been a good reminder of that. In case you're new here and you haven't heard us talk about Pros before, Pros is the world's most personalized hair care. You start with an in-depth hair quiz, which asks you about your hair goals, your styling routine, and some more unexpected questions like your workout and your diet and your zip code so they can take into account environmental factors where you live. From there, they create a completely custom combination of ingredients to meet your exact hair needs. For example, I told them that I wanted thicker, fuller looking, healthier looking hair, but you might want something completely different and they can also do that. And also we both get the Corsica scent and it makes every shower feel like a spa experience. The scent is just so good. And the products get better the longer you use them because of their unique review and refine feature. On every order, they ask you how they did and if you've made any hair changes, and they continue to adjust your formula. They also have excellent customer service. I will tell you, a while back, I must have gotten a little overzealous on my changes, and I didn't like my next bottle. They replaced it, no questions asked. Pros is the healthy hair regimen with your name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com slash BOP. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash BOP for your free in-depth hair consultation and 15% off. Olivia, I got to tell you, I've had approximately three sips of wine and I am feeling it. My face is already turning red, which is like, it's it's only going to get more intense. So just enjoy looking at that. Are we I've had get, two sips of wine. Are we going to get weird? I mean, it's going to be dark here in like 20 minutes. It's almost Friday. I think so. I hope so. <laughs> so let's start with something not weird at all, which is Yeah, we got to save the is... weird ones for the end when we're tipsier. It wasn't planned this way, but now it's all making sense. It's fate. Yeah. Non-weird question number one in our work questions category how is book number two going? Tell us. It's going medium. <laughs> it's going medium. I think that from writing my first book, my experience was that the worst parts were the first draft and the last draft were the worst parts for me. The first draft, because you're just writing dumb crap. Like it's all bad. And then the last draft, because the only things you have left to fix are things you don't know how to fix. So for me, the middle parts were much more pleasurable. So I'm hitting my word count goals. I'm on track. I'm trying to write a first draft in 12 weeks and I'm at like 12,000 words. So I'm like 15 to 20% through a first draft. And that's a lot. Yeah. I, I feel it's moving. None of it's good. Um, I doubt that, but I, I feel like I can't really assess until I get to the end of it. I'm like, okay, what's here. So I'm trying to just be gentle with myself. I'm really like not expecting a ton. Like if I, if I can write my 1500 words in two hours, I'm allowed to be done for the day. So I'm just trying to like give myself grace. I think on the sales side of it, on like the publishing side of it, 
there's like definitely some relief with knowing that this book is already sold and that somebody will help me with it. It's other people's problems, which I didn't have with the first book. But I feel like there's also a pressure that people will definitely read this versus the first time it was like, I can just shove this in a drawer at any point and and nobody will have to know about it. So I'd say like that mental game has kind of evened out where it's like one thing's made it better, another thing's made it worse. So it's going okay. It's moving, which is, I guess, all I can ask for. Good. I remember you saying that you wanted this first draft to be like much more, I don't know, relaxing is not the right word, but kind of like a little less tense. Mm -hmm. And do, do you feel like that? Do you feel like you're more relaxed during the writing experience? Kind of. I definitely felt that during the first week, you know, at the beginning of anything. I'm like, whoo, the world's my oyster. <laughs> um, now I definitely do feel like I'm being less tense about it. We were talking about this before we got started, that I'm I'm not trying as hard to polish it or to like make it be good right now. I'm just letting it be bad. And so in terms of the actual writing, yes, it is looser. But then I have a whole other new set of anxiety of like, does this even count? will this at the end of it be helpful or do I need to put in that effort in order to make the first draft be useful to me? And is this actually secretly draft 0.5? So kind of. I get it. It's kind of like growing up. Like you oh. get to a stage you're like, oh yeah, it is easier than I thought it'd be, but also there's 10 other things I never accounted for that are harder. Yeah. Yeah. I saw this um, newsletter that I subscribed to sent an email a few weeks ago and basically her thesis was that every book is harder than the last one. And I was like, oh God, what have I signed <laughs> up for? Oh man, I, I, I don't not, but... I don't know if that's true yet, but oh, she seemed to think so. <laughs> well, keep us updated. Obviously, keep me updated. Of course but... I will. It's the only interesting thing I have to talk about. <laughs> it's very exciting though. Next question. Do you feel pressure to always have content for the podcast or for social media? Um, well, I th I mean, I guess I'll answer first. So for the podcast, I mean, because I, feel I was like... just asking myself this question. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think the, I think the question is directed towards both of us. Sure, sure. My point. Sure. Um, so for the podcast our social media manager, Maddie, has been killing it lately. So I think we should just give her a shout out because she has been doing these amazing little photo collages of, you know, Becca as Tom Hanks and me as Adam Sandler, which wouldn't have made sense to me had I said that a lot a week ago, but here we are and I love it. Allison, um, please so insert I a really cheesy clapping sound effect. Yes, yes, please. Oh, Canadian geese. Oh, they're in like a V. You're Anna Paquin. Anyway. Fly away home. <laughs> it's true. It's true. So sad. Anyway, so I feel like Maddie does a pretty good job of providing content for that. And then we just kind of do reminders on our, our own Instagram feeds. Do you feel like that's true? Well, I was thinking of the question differently. I was thinking about content for the actual podcast itself, which I do feel a lot that of does pressure make sense. for. <laughs> I feel like I take the podcast way more seriously than I need to because I'm really proud of it and I want people to like it and I I want I don't know I want it to be good like I feel like we could just jump on with no agenda every week and talk and people would probably like it but I like I want to I want to be thoughtful about it so I do feel a lot of pressure on the podcast itself it does make sense when you put it that way <laughs> I guess I misinterpreted it because I saw social media um but yeah that makes sense that makes sense but then on the social media side, I feel no pressure. And I think that's because I do not consider myself an influencer, which I guess I define as somebody who makes money from their social media presence. So I have posted three times on Instagram on my grid this year. So I feel really no pressure and I just kind of post stories. And every time it kills it, I'll just say. I I mean... Your engagement less is, high. is Less is more. And then on the story side, I really only do it if I feel like I have something to share. So I don't feel any pressure. Do you? I think I'm, I think I'm letting, I mean, I think I used to, but it was kind of self-imposed. I think I, for a long time, was like very into branding myself as XYZ and like branding myself as a freelancer and like as someone who taught people how to freelance and like 
for a long time, it was like fashion then it was plus size fashion. Then it was body positivity. Then it was body neutrality. And I think I just kind of have recently, I guess I'm just more interested in like just being myself, which I always have been, but I'm less interested in like optimizing it for consumption on the internet. I just post what I like and that's pretty much the extent of my concerns these days, which is much healthier, I think. I feel like that's also what I enjoy. I feel like sometimes with a lot of influencers that I follow, when they post seven days a week in their lane, I'm like, I'm bored. Yeah, I get that. (sighs) Okay. Okay. Next question we have, what about long-term goals? Anything you want in the next five to 10 years? And I think this could be a work or a life question. It ended up in the work bucket, but I will accept professional or personal goals. I have never really been good about thinking about like five to 10 year goals, which is kind of surprising if you know my obsession with goals. (laughs) But I think my main goal is to work towards a career where it's basically all like I can write every day and that's it. And I can write about what I want to write about. And yeah, that's that's my goal, really. Beyond that, I have this kind of this dream of opening a bookstore, but ooh, yeah. <laughs> and especially up here, there's so many old buildings. I'm like, oh, that would be a cute bookstore or this town needs a bookstore. But th- that is like a five, 10 year thing for sure. So yeah, that's that's kind of my only long term professional goal. And yeah. How about you? I also am not good at long-term goals. And I was also thinking about it this morning when I was looking at the outline. And if somebody had asked me five or 10 years ago what my five or 10-year goals were, I don't think I would have answered anything that I'm doing right now. And I think I would have answered things that I don't actually currently want. So I don't actually know how important it is. It's like, on the one hand, you can't achieve it if you don't plan. But on the other hand, it's like the universe will surprise you and maybe you don't even know what you want. So... I think about like how badly I just wanted to freelance full time. And now that choice brought me to wanting to, you know, write books or write essays or write whatever full time and do this podcast and all of that. But I don't really necessarily want to freelance in the way that I was. So Mm -hmm. I think it just all kind of evolves naturally as long as you're like being, you know, intentional about what you want out of life. I would say there are two things that I can think of. One is I want to buy an apartment in the next 10 years, probably in Brooklyn, probably in Williamsburg, which is where I live right now, because I'd like to have something that I can decorate and renovate how I exactly how I want it. I'm not in a position to do that right now. There's also no inventory right now. And then the second thing, which I feel like I shouldn't want because it's so gratuitous and it feels like asking for a pat on the back, but I really want a New York Times bestseller. I I think you should. You should speak it into existence. All right, universe. Doesn't have to be this one. <laughs> I, I'd like it to be this one, but I would like to be on the New York Times bestseller list. There's a lot of people that feel that way about saying, oh, I really would like to be an author. I would really like to write a book. So, I mean, well, I say do so it. This is so silly, but I was watching the Grammys on Sunday and on the red carpet, Machine Gun Kelly this is so stupid. Machine Gun wow. Kelly was talking to Laverne Cox about how you shouldn't need recognition for your work, that doing the work is the reward. And I was like, I agree with that. And then I was like, but at the same time, I do want a New York Times bestseller. And if I was a musician, I would want a Grammy. Well, look, I think that's only natural. Where it becomes problematic is if you determine your entire worth and talent by that one very you know, specific accolade. However, I fully believe you can get it. Sure, but now I'm defining my worth by being less enlightened than Machine Gun Kelly, which is not something I wanted for myself. It is surprising. I didn't expect him to be referenced on this podcast, maybe ever, but here we are. Here we are. (laughs) Okay, so this next question, how do writers make medium to long-term financial plans? I will let you handle because you are the writing author expert, I think publishing I mean, industry expert in my mind. Do you know so much? Yeah, but writing count, freelance writing counts too. I think that um, the answer is not well. It is not a very predictable or stable career. I am currently realizing that I am getting paid most of my money for the year in January and February, and then I will get paid once more when my book comes out in September. 
And I have to just figure that out, not only for this year, but then also some of that has to count for next year too. So I have no idea. I have, I've sold my second book, so I know what I'm getting for that. But past that, I have no guarantees. So I think if you are someone who values medium to long-term financial stability and do not have generational wealth or a partner to support you, then um, maybe writing is not the career for you. And it's also true that a lot of authors, even very successful authors, have day jobs. That is very true. That is very true. I think the vast majority of authors, I'm kind of making this up, but I think it's true, don't do it full time. That seems like it would be true. I think it is. I mean, I think definitely like Of course, the people that you're thinking of at the very top, like Colleen Hoover doesn't have a day job. Emily Henry doesn't have a day job. But, you know, there's definitely like that's the very percentile it is. But, you know, there's definitely a huge middle chunk of authors that have day jobs. Like Jasmine Guillory, I think, for instance, was a lawyer until I, I don't think she quit her job until maybe her like second or third book came out. Yeah. I mean, I would also say same for freelancing, what you just said. It's very hard to plan. But if you want to try, go for um, it. This question I just wanted to address really quickly because I, I didn't want somebody sitting out here with this misconception. They said, how did you afford getting an agent? Is it expensive? And we have a whole episode on the getting an agent process from over the summer. If you look up on our feed, it's from last July when we did our How a Book Gets Made series with Aman Hariri-Kia and her agent, Taylor Haggerty. But the short answer is you don't pay your agent up front. Your agent takes a percentage of what you make. So your agent only gets paid if you get paid. So um, the standard rate, which is non-negotiable, it just is what it is, is 15%. So your agent takes 15% of what you make. And then it's 20% for international and for film and TV. So yes, it's expensive, but it's only expensive if you get paid. Yes. I have nothing to add. That was incredible. Just didn't want people out there thinking that we were like throwing dollar bills around to get agents. Okay. I guess let's move on to the lifestyle questions. Increasing levels of spiciness. (laughs) Okay. So this, this first one was one that came up a few times and it's would love to hear both of your personal thoughts on having children. I'm not interested in having children. I've never been interested in having children, but I thought at some point a light switch would flip and I would be interested. And the older I get, the more I realize that that light switch is not going to flip. And I am too selfish and I enjoy my life too much to make sacrifices. And I do not foresee me wanting to have children. I'm very happy for all of my friends that do have children. And I I like hanging out with their children sometimes, but I am fully uninterested in having children of my own. Olivia? That's fair. So I'm turning 30 in March. And, you know, that's kind of an interesting age when you are interested or or vaguely interested in having children. Uh, So it's on my mind a lot. And I get this question probably every single time I do any kind of q and I would say that it's kind of a double-edged sword because as the years go on and I like get to know myself better, I'm like, oh, wow, I, you know, I feel like I would be such a better parent now than I would have been last year or, but also I'm like, I don't know if I want, (laughs) I don't know if I really need that or want that in the way that I used to assume that I would. So right now, I guess the short answer is I'm like pretty sure that we want to have kids But also if we got to that point and it couldn't happen or it didn't happen or we changed our minds, I would be completely content. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's it's much more of a complicated question than I ever thought it would be, I guess, is my point. So maybe there's someone else out there who (laughs) is my same age and also in the same kind of, I don't know, stage. This is the question that I'm probably most excited about. I was introduced to a new trend slash word through this question. Somebody asked, what do you think of the de-influencing trend and overconsumption on social media? I didn't know what de-influencing is. I had yeah, to I love this question look up an too. article about this. TikTok. <laughs> yeah, it's a thing. It's a thing. Do you have any immediate thoughts? So my initial reaction is I'm really glad for this. I I kind of have I kind of have two thoughts. So the first one is I'm really glad. I think overconsumption is rampant. I know that everyone who does this, I know that it's with really good intent and it's really harmless, but I feel like sometimes I cannot post even the most benign thing on Instagram without a slew of DMs that are like, Link, where's this from? How do I get this? And it's like, 
honey, you don't need a pen. It's not, it's not the thing missing in your life. It's not going to improve your life in any meaningful way. Like, I didn't say this is the best pen in the world. This is just a pen that's in a picture. You'll be fine. And I, I get it. Like, it's like you have a relationship with me that's one to one. I have a relationship with you that's one to many. So like, even though one person is harmlessly like, oh, I'm, I'm interested in that. Like, where's that from? On my end, it's a hundred people saying the same thing. And it feels like, what is wrong with people a little bit? So I think it's good that, that people are saying that you don't need stuff or specifically saying things that are overhyped that it's like, that's not worth it. On the other hand, I think you have to question the intention of anyone who is quote unquote de-influencing. Like anyone who creates content writ large, anyone who creates content daily, weekly, it's a fucking grind to create content. If you do it and you have enough followers, people are inevitably going to be mean to you. So it's like you're either making money off of it or you're using it as a marketing platform for something else that you're doing. And so if you're making money off of it and you're de-influencing, it's to almost to like buy trust. It's like if Sally, random influencer X, I don't, not speaking about a specific person, tells you that this foundation sucks, that makes you trust it next time she tells you that a different foundation is amazing. So it's like, I think de-influencing is cool when regular people do it, but when influencers do it, I like kind of have to roll my eyes and be like, yeah. What do you think? Yeah, that's a that's a very good point. I I feel very similarly in the sense that I have two kinds of thoughts about it. Um the first is I think it's great because I wish for every TikTok I saw saying something is great, I wish I saw another saying the opposite because I think it would make it that much easier to form an actual opinion on whether you want it or you need it. I don't think that's ever going to be the case with the way that trends work. But on the other hand, I do think there is something in it that feels very similar to like criticizing women for liking basic things, mm -hmm. being like, oh, you know, look at you with your stupid Stanley water cup that you just got because everyone else did. I don't know. It's like so I kind of feel both of those ways. Like people like what they like. Everyone has their own individual ways that they got there. Like, let's just let them like it. <laughs> but I know that that's not entirely what the trend is, but sometimes it kind of feels like that to me. Like, oh, you're so stupid because you bought this thing just because everyone else did. Oh, I hadn't um, I hadn't thought of it that way. I haven't seen any of these videos. Yeah, I'm I mean, kind of just reacting to an article on today.com that I read. <laughs> the TikTok I'm thinking of, which I wouldn't be surprised if this is like the, the start of the de-influencing trend or whatever, was someone basically listing off all of these quote-unquote basic things that they said sucked. So the Stanley Cup is the one that comes to mind. There were other things. Yeah, so I kind of feel both ways about it. It's a little complicated. But hey, I'm all for having varying opinions because I think it creates a little more balance in the internet world. I'm also all for reality on the internet. I feel like sometimes you get such a warped view of people's lives and that everything's amazing because, you know, somebody's just only showing that side. So I like being, I like hearing that things are crappy. Yeah, for sure. I, <laughs> the pen thing you said made me laugh because I can't remember what it was, but I posted something the other day and something was in the background. Someone was like, oh, can I get the link to that? And I was like, actually, I wouldn't really recommend it. <laughs> like, it's just, I, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting culture. Yeah. The next one's for you, Olivia. What are your immediate slash short-term house plans and priorities? There was a time two weeks ago when I moved in where I feel like I had an answer to this, but I've learned now two weeks in that it's kind of evolving. So the best answer I can give is that the first priority is getting the bedroom as finished as we can. So I think we're going to refinish the floors. We're done painting and molding almost, get a new light fixture. I want to get a new bed, but it won't arrive for like seven weeks. <laughs> so that's the first priority, but we'll see how long that takes. And then beyond that, it's like all kind of health and safety stuff. So we need, it's not urgent, but like a radon mitigation system. And we have to get a lot of things tested for lead and asbestos. And um, so once we deal with all of that, we'll move on to the bathroom renovations and all of that. Uh, I don't, it's a journey. I'm just taking one thing at a time. <laughs> you sound a little beaten down. I'm not really. I mean, it's just interesting because 
every time you go to do something, it's just, you discover five other things that you need to account for. So it's like, you want to be going full speed and you can't. Yeah. <laughs> um, also like, you know, we don't have unlimited money, yeah. so that affects everything, but it's an adventure. That's what it is. It's an adventure. I am excited, also scared, but mostly excited. The next question is also for you. And somebody wanted to know, what are the upsides and downsides of country living so far? Uh, again, only on week two, but it kind of reminded me of when you were talking about Maine. Like there's no sidewalks, which is a little bit weird because <laughs> I'm used to just being able to go on a walk, which of course I can still go on a walk, but it's not, it doesn't feel quite as safe because it's just the road or just walking in circles around our house. <laughs> and so that's a little strange, but I won't say it's bad. The upside is it's just very quiet and peaceful. I feel pretty safe. People are nice. Like I called the county clerk's office today and they were like, oh, you're in so-and-so's old house. And I was like, oh yeah, that's us. And they were like, welcome. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So, so far I like it. I'm kind of a homebody naturally and we're still close enough to coffee shops and restaurants and like we just signed up for a gym. So everything is basically within 15 minutes that we need. So there, it's nice. <laughs> okay. Moving on to books. Yes. I do not know your answer for this one. And this is something I struggle with emotionally. So oh. here we go. Do, <laughs> do you remove the jacket of a hardback book while reading or leave it on? My second follow-up to that, which this person did not add, but I will add, is what do you do with the jacket when you're done with the book? Do you put it back on or do you throw it out? I have never in my life taken the jacket off of a book. I leave it on. You're reading it? Are you kidding me? No, I I leave it on. I have not even entertained this as an option. What? It's a full entity. Isn't it uncomfortable? No. Oh my god. Um. Wow. I didn't realize that this was a problem that I needed to be thinking about. I I it, it I, sounds like you have a opposite view. Yes. Yeah, so I always take it off, and I just like the feel of it better. There's not like multiple parts to account for. Um, but then I struggle because I either lose it or I'm like, I like it, how it looks better without it. Mm. But then I'm like, what if this is worth something one day, which that's a completely irrational thought, but some, sometimes goes through my brain. So that's interesting. That's very interesting. Tell us what you guys do. Cause who knows? Maybe I'm the outlier. Next question on the book side, what book changed your life? So maybe you should talk to someone by Lori Gottlieb. I read, I guess, maybe towards the end of 2020 or the beginning of 2021. And it was the thing that gave me the final push to try to find a therapist again. This is all about um, a therapist and her therapist. And it was, yeah, it just, it changed my life because therapy changed my life. And it's great. What about you? Without a doubt, it is Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. I first read it while I was still, before we started the podcast, I was still working in a full-time job and I had previously never entertained myself as a creative person. And I think that is the book that started the switch in my head of you don't need to be a fine artist or a musician or you don't need to be creative for a living to be creative. And I think that really caused a complete mental shift for me when I read it for the first time. I love this book. You know, I'm still like reading it <laughs> months later because I'm like savoring it and I'm like writing notes on every page. And I feel like every time I need a little boost, I go back to it. I love it. It's it's very um, nuggety. Like I feel like you could just read a chapter and then put it down. It is very nuggety. Technical term. Oh, I'm very interested in this. What celebrity memoir would you want to read that hasn't been written yet? And I'm going to add a caveat that there is an assumption of full honesty. Okay. Taylor Swift. Okay. I would have said that. However, I'm not interested in reading that yet. Like, I feel like I want her to write that in 20 years. I'm not as interested in the the right now era reflecting back on when she was like young and coming up. Have you heard the rumor that there is one? No. I don't know if it's true at all, but I, I did hear that 
It's in the works. I've thought long and hard about this. And the answer that I have come up with is Lindsay Lohan. I thought you were going to say Machine Gun Kelly for a second. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. I feel like... Lindsay Lohan was a child actor. I feel like she would have really interesting stories. I feel like she's been maligned somewhat unfairly. And I'm very curious about how she would tell her own story. That's a great pick. An excellent pick. And I think it would be really juicy because I think she had some messy years in there that I think if she was fully honest, it would be messy as hell. Oh, yeah. That list of all the famous people she had been with i mean that alone could be like four chapters yeah i'm ready me too Lindsay Lohan, if you need a ghostwriter i don't have any qualifications in nonfiction, but i would like to be friends i I will vouch for you becca could do it she could do you justice thanks thanks pal (laughs) let's get into the miscellaneous bucket neither of us have finished a full glass of wine and i think we are both barreling around the corner of drunk (laughs) <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay. Starting out strong with an FMK. Mm-hmm. Fuck Mary Kill if you're new here or new to Earth. Uh, seltzer Diet Coke Champagne. This is a bubbly edition. Follow up question Do you think we have any listeners that are extraterrestrials who are new to Earth? Or babies, I guess. Yes, I do. Great. <laughs> if you are an alien. <laughs> Please identify yourself. We have a lot of questions and open Did guest you invitations. participate in the Project Hail Mary book club or did you not? Give us a sign. Maybe that's how they maybe that's how they found out about us. Oh, you're right. You're right. Okay, back to Fuck Mary Kill. Um, I'm gonna marry Seltzer, obviously. Wow. I'm gonna fuck champagne. I don't love champagne. I would generally say after half a glass, I generally can't stop burping. And I don't know. It's just, I don't love it. I'm going to kill Diet Coke. There was a time in my teen years that I really liked a Diet Coke and I hadn't had a Diet Coke in too long. And now it just tastes disgusting to me. Hmm. That's, that's a good, that's a good ensemble. I would marry Diet Coke. What? Kill seltzer and fuck champagne. I did not know this about you that you would marry Diet Coke. I think I would get so bored with seltzer. Hmm. Also no caffeine. The good news is no competition between the two of us for who we marry. We could live harmoniously. Thank God. Thank God. I was worried. I really was. Uh, this next question is another fun one. Mm-hmm. If you could build, this is also very you, a very you question. Whoever yep. asked this knew you. If you could build your dream food court, what food would be served? Sure. Sure. So I, I'm assuming that I can only <laughs> pick from like fast, casual, non-sit-down Food court oh, restaurants. I think, I think you can do whatever you want. No, I'm only going to pick from food court restaurants. Okay, that's fine too. There's going to be a Charlie's, which I feel like is a strong mall food because of the fries in the cup okay. with the seasoning. Really like those. Oh, I'm, from, I'm familiar. Um, I'm going to want a, a Sakura, the place with the Japanese, the bourbon chicken place, I think. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, I want yeah. one of those. I'm going to want a McDonald's because let's face it, at some point I'll be hungover. And I think that's just like a solid crowd pleaser of a choice. I'm going to want a Chipotle in there. Mm. I'm going to want a Chipotle. Very nice. I know that it gives you diarrhea, but I, I'm still team Chipotle. I'm going to want in a bad aunt- way. No, I'm going to want an Auntie Anne's for sure. Oh, yes. Absolutely. An Auntie Anne's. I'm also going to want a, um, a orange Julius. Is that the Throw drink or is that the name of the restaurant? Either way. It's both. Okay, great. Branding I want an Orange Julius. Um, ooh, what am I missing? I'd be happy with that. Okay. I would attend if I were invited to the food court. Open invitation. Tell me what's at yours so I can decide if I would rather be at mine or yours. Auntie Anne's, for sure. Absolutely. For those of you that are new here, including the aliens, I had an Auntie Anne's pretzel truck at my wedding in lieu of you cake. You did? Which, yeah, you didn't know that. No. Yes. It was delightful. Oh, wait. Um, I also want a Dunkin' Donuts at mine. Ooh, okay, good. I would like a Starbucks at mine. You're a classier lady than I am. 
Uh, I would like a Starbucks. I would like a McDonald's for a Diet Coke. I also, I, you know, I enjoy an occasional chicken nugget, sweet and sour sauce. I would like just like four different mall Chinese food places. Like Panda Express or like a a local joint? Both. I want a variety because just there's nothing more I love than just like those gigantic platters where you can be like rice, noodles, chicken, egg roll, another egg roll, third egg roll for fun. Um, And also to round it out, a wild card, the places that do, I'm not even sure if they're real or if they were just like a storefront, but the cookie cakes that you get at um, your birthday at school. Mrs. Fields. Oh, yes, those. I would like a cookie cake place because I feel like once a year I'd just be like, I will take a whole cookie cake for me. And that would be it. Absolutely. I've had half a glass of wine. (laughs) I'd like to revisit this. I'd like to revisit this in the Facebook group. I feel like we're there are just huge holes in ours because we've had half a glass of wine each. And I feel like I'm going to have regrets and I want to hear other people's. So far, mine will actually my food core would probably kill me from the sodium intake alone. Absolutely. But like, isn't that the point of being trapped in a mall? Like, yes. it's the Save by the Bell episode where they like sleep in the, how how many nights in a row do you want to sleep in the sporting supply store? I Is that a rhetorical question? No, I, I mean, I'm just saying like live hard, die young in your mall lifestyle. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Okay, we're moving on to hot takes. Sure. Uh, <laughs> traveling hot takes, to be specific. Mm-hmm. What do you swear by, think is overrated, and absolutely despise all things traveling, in all things traveling? I swear by um, picking an airline and consolidating, and I have a high preference for Delta, but I realize that there's other cities where that might not make sense. Smart. I think Paris is overrated. I think Paris is really great, but all of those girlies who are like taking Eiffel Tower photos and romanticizing the hell out of it, like it's it's great. It's really nice. I really like Paris. People go overboard. That's I've heard that a lot lately. What do I absolutely despise? Um I absolutely despise Disney World. Wow. As an adult. That's a, it's I get it. If I wanted to be surrounded by other people's children, I would hang out with my friends with kids. I don't need to be surrounded <laughs> by strangers' children. That's I, I get that. Your turn. Make the internet mad. Okay. I strongly believe that when the plane lands. You wait. You should clap. Stand up. No. God. No. You should wait. I'm actually neutral on that. It annoys me a little if I'm already annoyed because I'm just like, noise, stop. But I strongly believe that you should not be allowed to stand up on a plane until the row before you stands up and leaves. Like the people that as soon as that thing dings, they're up and in the aisle ready to run down. Unless you are about to miss a connecting flight, that is... That is an important clarification. Or like you're about to shit your pants or something. Just wait your turn. Please. I beg of you. I'm a tall person. Okay? I get it. You want to stretch your legs. But just wait your turn. Do you have thoughts about that? I like to Do stand up. I like, I like to stretch my legs if oh, I'm in the God. aisle. Don't, don't say anymore. Let, lest it change my view of you. Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's fine. Okay. Um, I don't have any other hot takes for the other two. I'm sorry. I feel very strongly about the standing one. That's all I've got. I'm disappointed, honestly. Okay. <laughs> Actually, you know what I think is overrated? Yeah. Drinking at the airport. Oh. It is kind of a hot take because I do it sometimes. And then I'm like, I've regretted that. I think it's very expensive. I only feel worse. And yeah. That's my that's my other hat take. Okay. Wow. I don't have anything I swear by. Okay. This next one I feel like is more for you than for me. So I'll ask it. Where would you love to do a solo trip for a week next? I don't 
I don't know. I really just want to go on a beach vacation. It's all I think about lately. Alone, with someone, with you, with Jake, with strangers. I just want to just be in the sun reading and drinking. I want to feel the warmth of the sun again. Is that so much to ask? No. <laughs> Thank you for validating <laughs> Okay, speaking of, have we planned our pod anniversary trip? Where are we going? No, we haven't. And uh, neither of us are stepping up to the plate here. Do we just go I to know. Toronto? Do we just go to Playa Mujeres Excelentes, your your place? <laughs> like right now, right here, right now, we're picking where we go. I think we should go to Toronto. Toronto. Isn't there a way you're supposed, to, you're supposed to say it? I feel like we've said this before. This we'll learn when we go there. Conversation. We'll go when we, we'll learn. I think it's kind of random. Also, I could drive to Montreal from where we are, basically. It's okay. only a few hours. Big flex. We can go there. No, I want to go to Toronto. It's not Paris. I want to okay, go to Toronto. Okay, fine, Toronto. Yeah, I, once, I feel like I am two weeks into moving. I am settling a bit. I'm getting into a routine. So give me like a month. Two months max. I'd like to go in mid to late April. That's specific. I'm free, I think. It's either that or it has to wait till early June. It might that might be better. Okay. Early June in Toronto. Just know, everyone, we are still thinking about it. It's just that No, I I want to pin this down. I don't want this to just go on forever. I know. I well, okay. Regardless, I do need to come into the city soon. Yes, you need and to we do that too. In person. Okay. When I am there, maybe we'll book it then. Okay. Yeah. That would be fun. Will you stay okay. overnight? Yeah, sure. Okay, great. Great. Okay, I loved this question. Mm-hmm. Do you ever fall down Wikipedia or Reddit rabbit holes? And if you do, gosh, I don't know if I can say mine actually because it will really end this <laughs> really fun podcast on a downer but um if you do that what's been a recent one of yours so over christmas i don't know if this is my most recent one but it is my most intense one i fell so far down the rabbit hole of britney spears conspiracy tiktok of is she missing all of the photoshop that is going on on her wedding photos and her photos in general her instagram captions I was in it for weeks. I was in it. Some of the conspiracy theories are batshit crazy. Like there's ones that she actually died in a car accident that she was in with Justin Timberlake in the early 2000s. Like there are some batshit conspiracy theories, but there are also some pretty out there ones that you're like, you might not be wrong. When Perez Hilton did that video where he's like, something is happening that is very bad, mm-hmm. but that's when I got the into. most vague I statement know. ever. I but I was suddenly like, I believe him. Like He's the least believable person in the world. And yet I was like, there is something going on. That's about um, when I got into it, too. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> I need to know. It was just like on my TikTok page all the time. Yeah. I mean, there, there it is something. It wasn't just on though. my TikTok page. I was seeking out specific creators who were tracking this situation were, were you like on reddit like on the there wasn't as much on reddit pages. at least that i couldn't find but i i looked okay what's That's yours? an understandable one mine is very dark and i'm sorry for bringing this up but tiktok showed it to me and i, I don't know what is wrong with my algorithm but it's like all pedro pascal harry styles and then this one about this guy um who died in this cave called nutty nutty putty cave I wrote that down. It seems wrong now. It does. It seems okay. like a candy bar. Like it seems this like is, really delightful and fun and like a story of like a Willy Wonka type it's guy. It's really not. Um, let this just serve as a PSA to never go spelunking. Like, I don't know why anyone is like, let's explore the tiny caves. Essentially, this poor man, he went spelunking in this cave. He mistook a tiny passage for a different tiny passage. And what ended up happening was he got stuck in the cave upside down and he couldn't move because his arms were stuck under him. He's completely upside down. His brother was with him. So his brother can see him and can talk to him, but can't 
pull him out because he's wedged in there in such a way that it is impossible to move him. And every time he like breathes, he gets further stuck in the cave. I ended up down this rabbit hole of what the cave is like, the the diagrams of exactly how he was stuck in the cave, how the movie about the experience in the cave. And anyway, long story short, very sadly, he died. It was the most horrifying thing ever. He died and in the I'm cave sorry, or afterwards? No, he died in the cave. They couldn't get him out. He's still in the cave. And this is just me saying, why do you need to go explore caves? If you're out there and you're listening to this and you're like, I think I'm going to go spelunking. I'm going to go look at caves. I'm going to go diving. No, listen to me. Don't go, please. I beg of you. Anyway, that was mine. Ooh. Yeah. For ending on a high note. (laughs) Sorry. Well, we're not, we're not ending because we have end matter. That's true. That's true. We do. And our obsession is actually the same thing. Is it? Oh, okay. I am really enjoying this. Okay. So do you want me to say it or do you want to say it? You can say it. You wrote it first. Okay. So we have a new sponsor coming up in March and it's Cozy Earth and they make bedding and they make sweatpants and they sent us a package of stuff to try out for the podcast before we decided to advertise with them. And one of the things they sent us were socks. Which and was kind of a surprise. It was. I didn't like, they didn't it. tell us, well, I guess because you don't need sizes for socks. And so they didn't tell us they were sending socks and they just were in the package. So in terms of cozy socks, my previous favorites were the Barefoot Dreams ones, which I think are really comfy and cozy. However, they're bulky. They do not travel well. And so when I came to Maine, I brought the three pack of these cozy earth socks and they are somehow really soft and cozy while still being thin. I have fully done laundry here just to make sure that I can continue to wear these socks at all times. I was just digging through our clean laundry trying to find these because they are they are perfect. And actually, I saw someone I know post about how cozy they are the other day and I messaged her and I said, this sounds like an ad, but this is not part of the ad. <laughs> and I was like, are these not the most comfortable socks you've ever worn? They're so good. They're so good, but I also like that they're like thin and breathable, but still somehow cozy. Yeah. And also like, I like a, not a compressive sock, but I don't like it to be like loose and slouchy. Mm. Like it's going to fall off my foot. And these are like just the right fit. Yeah. So this is fully unsponsored. We just are taken with these socks that we didn't ask for or know we're coming. What about reading? I am easing back into my reading habits. So... I'm reading a couple of things right now, but mainly Before I Let Go, which is our February book club pick. And I am uh, I'm enjoying it so far. I'm about halfway through it. It's pretty steamy. Are you reading the whole thing or are you only reading the spicy bits, which I know is something you've been re- into doing? I am reading the whole thing. And I'm like, oh, Becca knew I would like this because it's all about therapy. <laughs> therapy and sex. Exactly. My two favorite things. Oh boy. Okay. What are you reading? Speaking of sex. Oh my God. Zodiac Academy. I find, I finished Zodiac Academy. Finish is a term I use loosely for two reasons. The first reason is I was completely skimming by the last book and a half because they are so long. The last book was 1,244 pages, which is the equivalent of like four books. Unnecessarily long. Like they were introducing new characters and I was like, fuck this. I was like, I just need this to release its hold on me so that I can go back to doing anything productive or having a life. So I started skimming. I got through it. I was like the villain's point of view, don't care. Like the new characters, get out of here. Like I was really just reading for a few different couples. Really good. This series is so good. I really do think that it could be the next Akatar. I'm also only kind of finished with it because... I finished book eight, but there is a book nine that's going to come out at some point, and I'm absolutely going to read it. This is going to keep happening. I know, forever. (laughs) I like it. I mean, forever. It's going to be like 2080. I'm going to be like in a nursing home, and I'm going to be like, Zodiac Academy 104 (laughs) is out. (laughs) Like, it's never going to stop. This will be perfect for the Akatar people who always want more. Oh, my God. Well, it's it's hard because, like, I f- do firmly believe that the best time to read a fantasy series is after it's all come out. Because I've had two mm. instances recently where I've tried to read the second book in a fantasy series 
and have just lost all interest because I don't remember all the intricacies of book one and I'm not willing to go back. And I'm like just confused for the whole thing. So I do think it's best for the reading experience to read it when you can just plow through. But there's just too much content in this one. It's like it's too much. Like it's like three months worth of reading if you're reading not even at a normal pace, like at an aggressive but still having a life pace. Did you like it as much as Akatar? Slightly less on the whole, but by the end, I do feel like it was equivalent. I think the first couple books were weaker, and I think there were some relationships that didn't happen until later, but by the end, I was like fully invested. I think it's self-published, and I think it needs editing. Like there's there's some repetitiveness in it. The book should not be 1,244 pages. Like, <laughs> so yeah, like it's not perfect. But yes, I do That's... think that it has the same DNA as an Akatar. High praise. High praise. High praise. What else have you been reading? Oh, okay. So then I read this book called Talking at Night by Claire Daverly, which comes out in June. And I wanted to check this one out because the imprint that is publishing my book only does, I think, like eight to 10 books a year. And this is one of the other books that they're doing. And so I just, out of curiosity, it's also a debut. I wanted to check it out. I gulped down this book. I would have read it in one night if I could have stayed up late, but because I had to get up with the dog at 6.30, I started and finished it in 24 hours, but it was two sittings. It is so good. I think you're going to love this. So it's set in the UK, and it's about these two people who meet in high school, and he's kind of like a rebel bad boy type, and she's very studious, very into music, and oh, so it is normal people. It is normal people. And they meet. It's told over the course of 20 years and it's chronological. So it doesn't jump back and forth in timelines. It's just a really messy, real, heartbreaking love story. Is this the tent book? Oh, yeah. Two, I, I texted Olivia and at one point I was like, there's only one tent. <laughs> I, I was like, oh, my God. Uh, it didn't end up being sexy time in the tent. I felt a little led astray, but I loved this book. It felt like a cross between normal people and one day by David Nichols, but not quite as it didn't have that like crushingly sad part. Loved it. Okay. Sounds great. And then uh, currently I'm reading Before We Were Strangers by Renee Carlino. And this is a romance book that I, it came out in 2015 and I feel like it was really popular and I just somehow missed it, but it's a second chance romance. So I bought it when I was on my second chance romance shopping spree as inspiration for my own book. And I thought I'd already read it, but I don't think I have. And it's about similar plot. It's about um, these two (laughs) people who meet in college who one guy's a photographer and then the woman is a musician and they have this like very intense first love. And then they run into each other on a subway platform when she's on the subway. So they see each other, but they don't, talk in the present when they're in their mid thirties. And so I'm waiting to see what happens. I assume they're going to find each other in the present timeline. I hope so. It's very good. I'm very, I'm enjoying it a lot. And this is, you said it's older. It's 2015. 2015. Yeah. So people can, I don't know, check it out from the library or whatever. Yeah. Theoretically. I think it's still pretty popular, Mm. but yeah. Great. So that is what we got for you. I hope, I think we delivered on the level of chaos people wanted. I hope so. I hope so. I hope we did you proud, everyone. We're going <laughs> to. <laughs> we just stared at each other in complete silence. For like... We were like, who's going to do it? <laughs> we're going to be talking about our February book club pick, which again is Before I Let Go by Kennedy Ryan next week. So grab a copy and read that and we'll talk about it next week. As Olivia said, a lot of sex and therapy. It's it's a really unique romance novel about a divorced couple who start having an affair. So very excited to talk about it. We are definitely going to talk about our dream food courts in the Facebook group and more book jackets as well. So come hang out there. You can find us on Instagram where our social media manager, Maddie, is just creating the most unhinged content that is so delightful. Absolutely killing it. Yeah. I hope this week it's just like us with like cartoon wine bottles like oh i was gonna say pounding wine both both (laughs) gauntlet thrown oh oh gosh amazing maddie gauntlet thrown 
So definitely make sure you're following us there because it's getting weirder by the second. I'm on Instagram at Becca M. Freeman where I'm not posting much, but I am trying to find a Hallmark husband on, on Instagram stories. Quality over quantity is what I will say about your social media habits. Yeah. What about you? Where are you on Instagram? Where am I on? <laughs> I'm, I'm on Olivia Mentor. And your new Substack newsletter is, is launching. How do people find it? Oh, yeah. I will put a... Uh... It's a live. Hold on. What is the website? It's Olivia Mentor. Substack. Dot com, and we'll put a link Stubstack. in the show notes. Substack. <laughs> I've only had one glass of wine. My face is bright red. I, I cannot be trusted with alcohol these days. But you're gonna wise. You anyway, finish the bottle now. It's, it's nice. <laughs> you opened it. It's mine. I don't, if I finish the bottle, I will be dead tomorrow. I don't know where else to go from here. <laughs> I'm going to go to my food court personally. I'm getting myself a cookie cake and calling it a night. Sounds great. All right. What are you going to write on it? YOLO. Cool. (laughs) See you next week. I don't know. (laughs) You put me on the spot. Okay, bye. Bye. (laughs) Bye.